Bless the Lord, who forgiveth all our sins. His mercy endureth forever. Please be seated. Today is no ordinary day. It is a day where our culture finds itself rather uncomfortable. We live in a culture that is uncomfortable confronting the subject of sin and its consequence, death. We all experience sin, and none can escape death. And yet, we so often live our lives as if there is no sin, and somehow death will not touch us. This morning, at 8 a.m., we gathered in the chapel, and 11 of us were present, including my two girls. When Sarah returned home, she told me how many people pointed out that she had this weird mark upon her forehead. And someone defended her. A young boy spoke up and said, Oh, no, leave her alone. That's her culture. But in some ways, that little boy was quite right. Because the culture of the church is at odds with the culture of our world. Today, we mark our belief that indeed sin is real. And that its consequence, death, touches all of us. We proclaim, as the church in the midst of the world, that indeed there is something known as sin. And that each of us, whether we want to recognize it or not, shares in that. Years ago, listening to Bill Cosby, he had a little part of his skit where he said, did you ever notice that whenever someone's talking about bad news, their voice always drops and they go into a whisper? Did you hear about Lisa? No, what about her? She has cancer. Did you hear about Cindy? No, what about her? She's getting a divorce. I love you all, even Diana. And yet today, the church proclaims boldly, without whispering, that indeed we believe there is sin and there is a consequence to sin, and that is death. Because God is life, and we have cut ourselves off from God. 
And if God is the source of life and we've cut ourselves off from that source, then all that remains is death. And so today is a reminder that we are sinful people, that we cannot rely on ourselves to attain to God. We are in need of a Savior. And apart from our salvation in Jesus Christ, sin and death rules this world. No matter who you are, no matter how wealthy you are, no matter how powerful you are, no matter how intelligent you are, no matter what your status in society, no matter how good-looking you are, sin is your master, and death reigns over you. But we are on a journey. We do not simply proclaim that sin is real and death is its consequence. And this is what it means to be estranged from God. We do not simply proclaim that we cannot attain to a God who is infinitely beyond us. We also proclaim simultaneously that we have hope, that we have salvation, that the God to whom we cannot attain is coming for each and every one of us so that sin need no longer be our master, so that death no longer need be the final word over us. Usually when the deacon comes for a blessing, I say something right before proclaiming the gospel, I say something along these lines. Go forth and proclaim the good news of life and salvation with the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and then depending on the deacon, whether they like Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, I mix it up a little bit. But today, when Deacon Rhonda came with the gospel book, I said, go and proclaim the good news of life and salvation in the midst of death with the blessing of God Almighty. This is what Jesus does. This is why the deacon is the icon of Christ as servant who descends from the higher realms among the people, enters into the midst of sin and death, and there proclaims the good news. The culture doesn't know what to do with that either. Because we're saying that there is a disease that inflicts every human being, sin and death, and because of sin and death, we are estranged eternally from God. But then simultaneously, we are proclaiming that there is hope. 
that God has come for us to take away our sin and to free us from death. Lent is a journey. Today, as we gathered in the chapel and then went out into the neighborhood to impose ashes upon people, I handed them a piece of paper which said, Journey with us from death to new life in Jesus Christ. What does that proclaim to the world? There is death in the world, and there is Jesus Christ in the world. There is sin, and there is forgiveness. And if you find yourself in sin and death, it is possible to find redemption, to find forgiveness and life. And so this paper says to the persons whom we place the ashes, dear friend, ashes are a reminder that apart from salvation in Jesus Christ, sin and death are the final word over us in this world. If you have received these ashes, then you already know that you need Jesus. For you have received upon your forehead the mark of sin and death. However, Jesus Christ is the one who is able to set you free from sin and death. If you would like to be born again into an eternity-changing relationship with Jesus and be forever delivered, forever delivered from sin and death, or if you have already given your life to Jesus Christ by faith and baptism, but are in need of a supportive church family, then come to us. For there you will find no strangers, only friends you have yet to meet. My friends, we have begun a journey from one master to another. From a master who seeks to dominate us forever to a master who looks to set us free. One where sin reigns, one where forgiveness reigns. One where people are marked by death to the other where people receive upon their forehead the mark of life. The journey will end on Easter Day. And on Easter Day, the mark of sin and death that you receive today upon your forehead will symbolically be washed away by the holy waters 
of baptism. Now, hopefully, by the time Easter comes around, you won't still have the ashes on your head. If you do, you've given up showering for Lent. And many will be thanking God that we use incense if they are near you. But symbolically, we all bear this mark on us, the mark of sin and death. So remember this moment tonight when on the Feast of the Resurrection you come to the holy waters to be renewed in your baptism, to be washed in the blood of Jesus, to receive anew upon your forehead the mark of forgiveness and life the mark of salvation in Jesus Christ. Now I promised Don when we were downstairs that this would be a short sermon. I'm realizing now that I lied because I still have one more thing to say. What we do this Lent in journeying from Ash Wednesday, from sin and death, to Easter Sunday, to salvation and eternal life in Jesus Christ, is a marked season. The mark of sin and death in the ashes, to the mark of our redemption in Jesus Christ in the holy waters. But it's also symbolic of our journey as a people, our whole life. You see, we are on a journey like the Israelites in the time of Moses, in the Exodus. They were in bondage and slavery to Pharaoh in Egypt. We were conceived and born into a world out of right relationship with God and a world that is held in bondage, slaves to sin and to our master death, belonging to a kingdom that does not bow to God. And then the Israelites were called forth and they went through the waters of the Red Sea. Just as we were called out of our Egypt through the saving waters of baptism. But on the other side, they didn't go from Egypt to the promised land. They went from the kingdom of Pharaoh through the waters of the Red Sea into the wilderness. So we, who have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of sin and death, have been delivered through the waters of holy baptism, are now, as the church, amidst the wilderness. We are on a journey 
walking through the wilderness, proclaiming the great deeds of Almighty God, making our way towards the promised land, which is heaven for us. Now, who was it that led the Israelites out of Egypt? Name starts with an M. (laughs) Moses. And who led them through the Red Sea? Moses. And who was with them in the wilderness? Moses. Who was it that struck the rock and where the waters of Meribah flowed out. And St. Paul tells us that this was a type of the blood of Christ, Moses. Who was it that asked God to rain down manna from heaven? Moses. And who was it that led them through the Jordan River into the promised land? Joshua. Who said that? Well done. And Joshua is the Hebrew name for what name in Greek? Jesus. And so Jesus himself will lead us into that promised land. And so we follow him now all the days of our life. Tomorrow, when Sarah goes to school, she will not wear upon her forehead the mark of sin and death. But may her friends, may our friends and family, see something in us and see in us that we bear upon ourselves the mark of of Christ in the midst of this world. And so our journey continues.